accomplish what it sets out to do wherever it's sent. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you and we praise you. Open up our understanding. Thank you, Lord, that we have ears to hear. We are here to hear what you, by your Holy Spirit, have to say to us. So we love you, Lord. We thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So I thought we'd uh, continue talking about the fact that the blood spares us. Amen. The blood spares us because um, there is so much, um, our everything that we we have in God uh, is is based on this blood covenant. I mean, there's just no getting around it. <clears throat> the reason other religions won't get you to heaven and won't get your sins forgiven is kind of interesting. It seemed like some of our uh testimonies yesterday that we had from the Voice of the Martyrs magazine about the different individuals. Uh, one of the things that was a problem for them, even though they required people to live holy, there was no help for them to live that way. And see, with with the fact that our sins are forgiven through the atoning work of a perfect sacrifice, the Lord Jesus, and that he is raised up now and lives in us, gives us power, amen, over sin. Just being forgiven doesn't give you power to resist, man. you got to have living life in you to get that power. And it's it's that power that we rely on and that, that we have to feed the new life of Christ that resides in us. And that is so very important that the key to really success in our living in God, because really you'll see a lot of duplication of requirements in all religions about uh, living free from sin and living holy and living this way and living that way. But the only Christianity provides the way of atonement, amen, for your sins. And uh, so we have to always understand that that is what makes the difference. The difference between us and everybody else is that we have atonement and we have new life. You have a new life that you can live sin free. And if you stumble back into the old ways, you can confess your sins and turn away from them. Tell God, I don't want to do that anymore. And I know you're inside of me to help me. Amen. The Bible says, though a man fall, he will not be utterly cast down. God always will pick us up again, dust us off, and give us a, a second chance. It's like when you were, uh, some of you who are parents, your kids were small. They put on their nice, you put them on their nice clean clothes and They'd mess around the dirt, but you knew they'd clean up again. Now, you didn't act like you you knew it. You were upset, rightfully so. Get them all cleaned up, and then they go play in the mud. Amen? Ow, Barb, don't come at me like that. Huh? That's true. And he knows you're going to go play in the mud. But he cleans you up anyway. You clean your kids up. You didn't leave them dirty. Anyway, I'm going to talk about something else today. I see I'm going to have to go over to the YM. Right, I'll go do that. Y'all Christians, y'all just get too too high and mighty, pseudo-sanctified, all that kind of stuff. But it's true. Amen. And, And don't think less of yourself because you make mistakes. It's a 
it's a challenge for all of humanity to live perfectly. Amen. You know, the the enemy's always tempting us to try and feel worse than we're supposed to for something. And then he flip around and try to make you feel better about some things. You know, if there's any goodness in your life, it's the grace of God, you know. Many of our blessings, we stumble into them. Huh? Not really expecting much. And then all of a sudden, God opens a door or sends a check or cancels something or somebody comes up and blesses us. We don't know how. But it's, that's, that's the mercy of God that's living in God's covenant in his kingdom. There's always good things going on for us. So, you know, take your, take yourself off the torture rack. Amen. And take yourself off the pedestal. Amen. Learn how to live humbly before God and just let God bring the things in your life that, that you desire and that he wants you to have. And, and learn how to live that life in God that is just so pleasing to him. Amen. Very pleasing to him. So we were in Genesis chapter 22 and we talked about the appearance of El no, Jehovah Jireh. Sorry about that. Uh, we talked about the redemptive names of God. The Jehovah names of God uh, were necessary because when man fell uh, from obedience to God, he fell into disobedience. Uh, the God who first showed up to that walked with Adam had to hide himself in all of his glory and all of his power. Lest man would die. Amen. There was, uh, most people believe you could not see the face of God and live. Uh, because your sin was so evident in your life and the holiness of God, uh, you know, there was just always that clash. People would run from God. All of that. And so when, when God then began to reintroduce himself to man, he had to show up in an area where man had a need and, and you know, kind of gently reintroduce himself to man. So he was no longer the strong God. Amen. The one who was, um, Adam was more his equal, you might say, uh, because Adam was without sin. He was pure. And so God could challenge Adam to dominion over the earth. You got me? So, so really, all God's commands really are challenges to the strength of our inner man. So he's reintroduced himself through Jesus Christ and through the atonement as a strong God. But not only that, he lives in us in the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have the capacity to meet every challenge that God puts before you. Amen. You really do. There's no point in people feeling sorry for themselves because they didn't have this and didn't have that and don't have this and don't have that. Because the God who is strong now is coming back into your life. And that's why it's such a mind blower sometimes some of the things that God promises us. Because you still have a carnal frame that you have to deal with. There's a capacity to to understand God by the mind of your spirit man 
But your your old nature has to move out of the way and allow your spirit man to have the preeminence and dominance in your life. This is why we spend time in the word renewing your mind. Amen. You're, you're causing your spirit man to grow up and understand and now start to run your life. And this is why faith is necessary. Because most of us, in, in, in really in a way rightfully so, are more comfortable with our old habits, old ways, the old way of doing things, the old way of, you know, it's hard to step out on that limb of faith with God, with just God and his word. And so many times a strong God will show up and push you out there. Huh? challenge you he take everything else away from you and say what you gonna do now you gonna trust me or not what are you gonna do now you gonna trust me or not you gonna trust me or not you gonna trust me or not and see many times we try to scamper back to the old stuff and claw our way back to the old things and cling to them but god will even push that out of the way and say here we are again same old test we've been through before. You going to trust me or not? Amen? Amen. Jan, that's your answer. That's what God said. He said, you going to trust me or not, Jan? He said, we've been down this road for many, many years now. He said, it's the same road. I haven't changed, but you've changed. He said, you've grown and you understand these things. So if you're going to trust me, you got to get out there and trust me. Amen? All right. Praise God. So, So God wants our trust. Trust is love. Amen. Because after a while, just being motivated by the things you want and the things you need are not going to, you know, be great motivators anymore. So then love has to take over. And that's what God is, is wanting for us to learn that he is worth loving. He is worth trusting. He, you can count on him. He won't ever let you down. Amen. Many times we think we've been let down, but he won't ever let you down. Some things you won't get the whole understanding of it, even in this life. That you might have to cross over to to really get the fullness. But I'm telling you, once you get to heaven, none of this stuff down here is really going to be meaningful to you anymore. Things that you felt like you, you weren't able to receive or have you know the uh, the carnal man has always got some complaint about something you know what i'm saying you can be having a really good day in god and all of a sudden some will come to your mind remind you well you didn't get this you didn't get that and all that kind of stuff but but god is faithful you can trust him so abraham learned how to trust god even in this difficult situation of having to uh uh offer up his son through sacrifice sacrifice on the altar genesis 22 it says they came to the place which god had told him of and abraham built an altar there and laid the wood and bound his son isaac and laid him on the altar of the wood and abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to kill his son so it wasn't until god saw his intent was to obey him that he stopped the process now, see, that's happened to me sometimes in my life, you know, not killing nobody. <laughs> of course, you know, I wanted to. <laughs> well, but anyway, uh, like you all have. <laughs> you get mad enough, you hurt somebody real bad. But, um, you know, that is, that happened to me when, when 
God first gave me my first assignment in ministry. Uh, I was attending a, a women's Bible study, and, and um, some of the women were, were in a, you know, their little, little subgroups. Everybody's got a little group work they do for the Lord here and there. And, and uh, they had said there was a, a shelter that they would go and, you know, make sandwiches and, you know, package them up and you people would come and get them. And I thought, I said, well, that would be something to do. You know, I got some extra time. And on my way to making sandwiches, God turned me around. Got me? I never got to make those sandwiches. But he opened another door of opportunity for me to learn how to serve him. And so sometimes just being obedient, period, will get your promotion in God. Because I was willing to do anything, that's all he ever wants to see, is that you're willing to do whatever. And once you're willing to do whatever, then he will start to graduate you, promote you, and elevate you. Norval Hayes, the same thing. He was uh, a Baptist, you know, a wealthy man, as a matter of fact. And God led him to a gentleman who had a church, uh, wasn't Baptist. He was a Pentecostal, spirit-filled gentleman. And uh, he told Norval, he said, um, he said, I want you to go to this man, be a part of what he's doing. Don't join the church. He said, because, well, Norval was called as a minister himself. Sometimes you have to be careful how you relate to people, how you connect with them. Man. Now that's a told another that doesn't apply to most people in here. Those of you that it apply. See everybody wanna think about well, I'm gonna get on I'm gonna get over there and do this or not then run. No, it's not for you to run into people's church and ministry, do what you want to do and then run out. That's not what Norval did. But when he explained to that pastor what God had told him, it 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 witnessed to that pastor's heart. And he said, well, Norval, all I know how to tell you to do is be faithful and God will promote you. And when Norval's mind, I already got my own business. I don't need a promotion. But God had to see his faithfulness in the small things. And he talked about some of the families that he took food to. Said this minister had a feeding uh, um, ministry where he would just feed local people who weren't doing too well he remembered a a little girl that came up to him and she was a toddler and and she had a younger baby there was a young younger baby in the family and she brought him a bottle and said the baby needs milk and there was milk in there and it was curdled and spoiled and so those were the kinds of things god put him in the midst of to train him how to respond to god and so once we're, we learn how we are trained how to respond to the commands of the Holy Spirit, then God will, will give us more responsibility. I, you know, I wouldn't say promotion necessary, but it is of, of sorts because what God is saying that you have, have graduated from this level and I'm moving you to something more complicated, more responsible. That's the whole thing. And so if we want responsibility in God's house, we have to start where he puts us. And that's always in the small thing. Amen. Then we graduate back to the small things again. (laughs) Amen. Look at Dr. Sumrall. 
After he got to be 80 years old, he's back feeding hungry people, but worldwide. You got me? And so I say that to say you can trust God, but you must trust his system because you won't get where you want to go in his kingdom by skipping over. (laughs) I just look at sometimes people who are calling themselves prophets and apostles. You know, there are people in the secular realm who are more prophetic than church prophets are. You got me? Look at President Trump. He stands and he declares what this nation will never be. Now, if that ain't prophetic, I don't know whether we trying to get people to understand it's not about giving somebody some kind of personal prophecy. But you're making known the principalities and powers and manifold. He's not particularly talking to people. But he's making known to these demons that want to take this nation down that they're not going to do it. When he says we're not going to be a socialist nation, he means that by the authority of his office. You got me? And so, in, and then you got prophets running around the body of Christ still telling people God's going to give you jewelry and he's going to give you a man, he's going to give you a house, he's going to give you. You can read your Bible and find that out. In fact, I, I, I really, I really implore you to find what you need from God in the word primarily. Amen. Because if God wants to do something more with you or exhort you to something else, he knows how to do that. Amen. But you need to know how to let God speak to you so that you know the message he wants to give you. Amen. And so when we understand that that God wants to get us back into understanding who he is, these redemptive names of God start to come up in the Bible. And so here we find Jehovah Jireh. The one who is able to supply, he sees, and he responds. That's what that means. Just knowing God sees isn't enough. you got to know that he responds to. So when you know God sees, you know he responds. The Bible says if you know he hears us, you know you have what you're asking for. The book of Esther is not about somebody having a man to give them jewelry. Listen, I was married almost 30 years, and I tell you, right, it ain't that easy to get a bunch of jewelry out of no man, even your husband. Shoot. You know, it's almost like you won't go, you know, let's just can this. So <laughs> I got more ideas how to get my stuff. Uh, well, I had God. I prayed for everything I got. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, brother, you're blessed because God wants you to be the vessel to give me that. you have been chosen for a blessing today you get to give me a diamond ring again am I right poppy back there dodging the diamond ring conversation but you you held right in there for me buddy I appreciate it amen (laughs) but then Abraham had to get it established as a truth in the earth that God would not require any of his people, his covenant people, to sacrifice their children. That needed to be established as a truth with the God that he served. Why? Because the gods around the, uh, all around him were doing that. 
So his God stands out. Many times Abraham, some of the things Abraham went to do, uh, God prompted him to do, were to deliver him from certain kinds of knowledge that were of the old old realm. Like your old habits, your old uh, beliefs, all of those things. We have to be delivered from those things. And so it was still in Abraham somehow that he would have to kill his son and his God would require it. So that's how God took it out of him, is through demonstration. That's how he takes everything out of us, is through demonstrating his power when we get in certain situations. Amen? And so that means what? Trust. It's always a trust issue. It's all, we're back to the same, do you trust me? Trust is love. You can trust me because I am a trustworthy God. Can you trust me with your health? Of course you can. Can you trust me with your finances? Of course you can. Can you trust me? Eh? And so God will put us in situations where, you know, we may feel like, oh, you know, I wish I could do this and I wish I could do that. But you've got to trust huh? that he's going to provide for you to do it anyway. Amen. I was, you know, Miss Nola gave me an envelope uh, with Christmas gift in it, money. And I thank God for people who don't feel like because Christmas is over, giving is over. You, you understand? You know, sometimes God will delay that so that you can be faithful and say, "I this, I feel like this is something I should do. I want to do. I'm going to do it anyway." You understand what I'm saying? Don't be embarrassed by, you know, it's not like I look at it and say, oh, well, it's not December 25th or yeah, whatever. You know, silly stuff. It's not up to me to judge your giving anyway. It's between you and God. And so it's, it's a good thing to always stay humble to those things. You understand what I'm saying? Just Just let God provide for you. Let God show you. Let God. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to be one of those people that never gives. And and then you never, you understand what I'm saying? You, just make sure you keep your faith out there for these things. So that God can bless you and God can see to it that, that you know, it, you you carry through on the desires of your heart. It's about what's in your heart that you desire to do more than anything. And that you carry through on it. Amen. Uh, uh, money spends every day. It ain't never late. You understand? <laughs> I don't know what y'all going, where you coming from, but you know where I'm coming from is it's good all the time. You, you got me? And so we, we have to understand that about these things. God's always challenging us. Amen. He's always putting us to the test. Do you trust me? Well, God is late and I'm mad. No, they never late. Amen. It's never late. Amen. And, and don't be angry at God because your faith is slow. Or you have one too many trips to the drive through. Y'all know what I do now. If you really get me to be honest, y'all know I'm going to work this. But but you know what I'm saying. Amen. Even with all your too many trips to the drive through, he'll still provide. Amen. We've all done it. Amen. Too much of here, too much of there, too much of there. Is it Christmas already? It's been coming for 364 days. <laughs> you know, it's it's about trusting him. 
I'd rather have my faith work even though it's not working like by the clock on time. I'd rather know it's working. Amen. I'd rather that thing come into my possession by an act of my faith than to try to meet a deadline. You got me? You understand what I'm saying? And once the deadline is passed, let your faith still work. God, I know it's past time, but I still want to give. I still want to, you know, I still feel that I want to do these things. So allow yourself to let God put you to the test in, in, in the strong God who dwells in you, can come in and help you to do all. He will help you meet every obligation of your heart, every vow that you make, every expectation of of whatever it is that you're involved in. You know, I don't care if it's a a, a sewing club or, a, you know, whatever it is. If, if there's an obligation there, he will help you to meet it. He, you know, he wants you to be engaged in life and so forth. So and then Abraham meets Jehovah Jireh, and he's providing the substitute. He spares. So Jehovah Jireh really is the God who spares us from from having to give beyond our level of hurt. Huh? He spares us from having to give beyond our level of hurt. Now your words will command you to give to your hurt. What that means is that there may be some times where you may have to forego getting certain things for yourself. If you're a parent, you're familiar with that. Amen. Uh, it, it's, you know, your, your kid wants to be comfortable. You don't want them to be made fun of. Yada, 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 yada. So you'll invest in, in decent clothes for them. Amen. Or, or care about how they look when they go out. All of that kind of stuff. And you won't even think about buying something for yourself. Before you know it, he's like, oh, and, and, and pretty soon, God, Jehovah Jireh, <laughs> comes in the form of somebody that might bless you with an outfit. Or, you know, maybe he'll he'll tell you to go to, to a, a Goodwill or something like that where they have really nice clothes. That's where people, there are people who build a, a business off of just going, what they call it vintage. We call it old stuff. Yeah, it's vintage. Amen. And so, so there's there's all kinds of ways of God providing, but he will provide and he will spare you of undue harm in obeying his covenant rules. Amen. You you will not be irreparably hurt by any kind of sacrifice or putting things off or anything like that that God will require for uh, of you. And, and in the end, you'll come out stronger because your faith in God has held. It's so good to see your faith produce stuff. Amen. It really is. It really is. Uh, it, it's a, a, and you should feel good when your faith produces, because you please God when it produces. Amen. And so, when your faith produces, you please God. Amen. He's good. He's a good God. Her sister Sharon gave her testimony. I'm sure it wasn't fun sitting waiting for them test results. You understand? But her faith held. Amen. You see what I'm saying? It's just about stepping into that place of trusting God. And letting all those fiery darts of the enemy slap you around and hit you and try to tell you it's not going to work and all the more crazy. You know, you shouldn't trust them women preachers. No way. You know, that's always the last thing he'll throw at you or the first thing. I don't know. But you know how that goes. You, you, then you withstand all of that. 
Because you know God and you know his word. And God, I'm going to step out here and trust you. Amen. If it's not the first time, one more time. Amen. I'll trust you again. Trusting you. So Jehovah Jireh shows up and he provides. He provides a sacrifice. He provides a thing that would be painful for us to have to provide. Amen. So then we can pick up the easy burden and the light yoke. God doesn't want us to, you know, some of the stuff people say God tells them to do. And, you know, can you just kind of look at that? And I say, now, wait a minute. That ain't that ain't who I know. And I don't want to get to know that one. You know, I mean, honest is, you know. The father told me, you know, whenever they come up with them names, you know, like I say, God or Lord. Father told me. Abba told me. Yahweh told me. I said, oh, my goodness, here we go again. See, you don't want to know who that is. Amen. You stay with who you know. Who saved you? Who do you talk to when you need? You stay with him. Amen. Don't go off chasing these names now. I'm telling you. So the God who is Jehovah Jireh, he's the same one. Amen. As Elohim, the strong God. And he will show up. I'm telling you, you're used to to uh, the redemptive names of God. You know, come God come to you in a, in a in a little area of your life, and He wants to help you out. And and the Jehovah Shalom, the God our peace. You know, and then all of a sudden, a strong God will show up and challenge you. It's always true, and the challenge is good because you'll always meet the challenge. Amen. You'll always pass the test. See, many of us are being challenged right now. We're thinking, oh, when is this this the when question and the how question and how much am I going to have to do this? How long am I going to have to do this forever? (laughs) Why? Because this is the way God operates. But he knows you got it in you. You just don't know it yet. But you will. You stay with God, you will. Amen. God will sometimes put an anointing on. Come up here, Jan. He just keeps bringing my, your little face before me, so I'm gonna have to finish this. Praise God. Because when you first came up here, I was thinking to myself, I said, "Well, God, she your daughter, show her." So, like, no, you, you do what that lady said. Tell her, thank you, Jesus. Praise just, yeah, thank you, Lord. Now the Lord is saying that he said, he says, you heard what I told you. He said, but I'm going to show you exactly what I mean. And the Lord is saying, he says, there's an anointing that you have yet to experience that I have planned for you to receive, says the Lord. This anointing is like uh, rivers of water. The voice of many waters is what he said. The voice of many waters, says the Spirit of God. And many people will hear you in many different languages. Because I have anointed your hands, your feet, and your mouth to speak what I want you to speak, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So God is good. Amen. You know, he doesn't want us to wonder about things. He he wants us always to be at peace. Amen. So so if one of his 
children isn't at peace, he wants to bring them peace. So, so I hope y'all don't mind if he interrupts and we just have to put his daughter at peace. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God spares us in so many ways because his blood has paid for so many different things. Paid for everything that we need. You'll never have to be perplexed about how God's going to do something because he will get it done. Even though we don't see a way that it will come about, amen, he will get it done. It's like Abraham when he uh, talked talked about what God was going to have him do. He told the young men that were uh, his servants who were waiting for him to go up and sacrifice, amen. Now the reason they were waiting at the bottom of the hill because they didn't serve his God. It's more than likely what it was. He circumcised everybody in his house, but they didn't serve his God. Amen. Just like in our households. We've got all in-laws, outlaws, <laughs> some some faithful, some some running from God. Amen. Some you thought was going to serve God forever, and they start running. Amen. It's all kind of stuff going on. And so, but God, when he calls you out for testing, you don't have to go by yourself. That's my point. Amen. And and so the fact that they weren't uh, uh, invited into the worship just means that he couldn't embrace, they couldn't embrace the test. So you're the one who's going to have to embrace the test. You're the one who's going to have to walk through it. You're the one who's going to have to trust God through what he's telling you to do. And so when that happens, we all have to understand that God wants to uh, promote us. He wants to restore. He wants to um, uh, give us the things that we desire. He wants to answer prayer. Uh, he wants to get kingdom work done. There may be some things that God will ask you to pray in your your place of testing that you're so focused on what you need you think your assignment to pray has been canceled amen but you still gonna have to do it you don't have to carry everything that god wants you to carry and so here abraham is is able to pass that test and that means so much for us because the Bible says those who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. In fact, we have the Abraham type of faith in us. So we can believe God in every area that you see Abraham believing God in. Amen? Are, are you, will you have to sacrifice your children? You may have to. And I don't mean they're going to die. So you got to have a covenant with God that assures you they ain't going to die. Because Abraham knew for a fact that, that his son would be raised up again. That's why he's willing to kill him. He said, well, I saw us coming down the bottom of the hill. I didn't see what went on up on the hill. <laughs> Amen. But I know what God told me. Amen. So I'm going to obey God and do what he tells me. But then the blood comes in and spares us. The things we thought we would have to do. Sometimes they're very distasteful things. And sometimes we just are looking for the challenge, you know. Um, believe it or not, there are certain anointings in the earth that come alive in challenge. They do. 
and and uh, when I was was recovering from a nervous breakdown, I never would have thought I would get excited about a challenge. But I can sit around the house kind of bored and, oh, God, now, you know, and I, the Henry Groover type of challenge person, you know what I'm saying? I ain't be wearing a bunch of shoes, you know what I'm saying? I, give me some footies and put me, put my feet up somewhere. That's the, and I will worship and I will praise <laughs> and I will declare, you know, make known the principalities and powers, the manifold wisdom of God. You know, that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. But, but that was his challenge. Amen. So there are certain anointings that come alive in challenges. Yesterday we saw the church that we, uh, uh, used for our empowerment meeting is up for sale. You know, and y'all did that. I didn't even go up there. I just, wow. <laughs> I asked y'all, I asked y'all, I asked y'all to go and do what you do. Amen. So, uh, so this is this is the thing I want to let you know too. Don't get religious on how people obey the instructions they hear. You got me. Don't get religious about it because there's evidence now that God honored it. You got me. Because you may hear it one way, somebody may hear it something else. In the Bible, the Jericho March, they weren't allowed to say anything because they was all speaking different things. Some of you felt to pray the word, and that was fine too. You understand what I'm saying? You have to understand that God knows his children. He knows what you're supposed to. So there's no right and there's no wrong. Trying to get you to understand obedience is obedience. There's Don't be so rigid about what's right and what's wrong in obeying God. Amen. Because it's all scriptural to do. It's all scriptural to do. If you prayed in tongues driving around, that's scriptural too. Amen. Whatever you did was scriptural because we have evidence it worked. This is what we want. We want fruit. We want evidence. Amen. We don't want, you know, just hear my heart. We don't want strife breaking out about things that in the end, God honored it all anyway. You understand what I'm saying? He will honor these things. So, so let go of some of that. You know what I'm saying? Because what we wanted was people who were in error, amen, to not continue in error. And people who were being led by that error, not to to be led by that error anymore. You got me? And so sometimes God will, and God takes, and I'm telling you, we don't, and none of us does everything perfectly. Just just let you know relax yourself a little bit and just let people be led let yourself be led all of that kind of stuff and and you just understand that god sees your heart you're you're being obedient to instruction you know that's the primary thing it's the primary thing is to be obedient to its instruction amen and have a pure heart while you're doing it and just just let god lead people amen just just do that and we'll get the work done amen we'll get the work done corporately we have a structure for how we do things amen so so we follow the corporate structure 
when we do things corporately. But what I look at is, did we get the job done? And to me, that's a blessing. There's a yes and amen there. And so we just let let God deal with these things. He needs our faith. He needs our prayers. He needs us to be obedient to instruction so he can get some work done. Amen. Sometimes it's it's cute. Sometimes it's raggedy. Sometimes it's barely. Sometimes it's not to your liking or to mine. But I look at the end result and that God got work done. Amen. So that's that's what you do. So um so anyway, God Jehovah Jireh, he's the God who spares us because of that shed blood. So the blood of Jesus was shed before Abraham even took Isaac up there. So it didn't have to be done again. You got me? And so that's the one thing Abraham did not know. But now he's a recipient of that and we are the recipient of his faith. Amen. So in Exodus 12, if you'll turn there, let me see, what did I want to do with that? Oh, this is the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And I want to reiterate about God seeing the blood because there are some people that uh, think certain things aren't necessary to do and you can't, you don't have to do this and you don't have to do that. and I would say if you're going to get legalistic about anything, do it about God seeing the blood. Amen. Because that's all throughout the Bible. The blood seems to have preeminence in all all of the works of God. So in Exodus chapter 12, how did I get way over here? So yeah this is it this is the passover this is the night where god uh uh called for a judgment on sin not people sin if it was people everybody would have died the firstborn in everybody's house would have died and god had called for that but he did spare people who honored the blood so what did they do? God gave them specific instruction for how the blood was to be applied. And he said, when I see that blood, then the death angel will pass over you. Amen. And that's what happens to us now in every situation where the death angel would claim us, claim a loved one, claim somebody we're interceding for, whatever it is, because we make the blood prominent. Amen. God is required to honor his word in Passover. So in verse 21, Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin. Strike the lintel and the side post. In other words, the the top of the house and the two side posts with the blood that's in the basin. And none of you shall go out of that door until the morning. So don't all of a sudden think of something you need. See, last minute shopping to kill you. I just say that, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying. Amen. God's orders and see, this is for people who think 
God is wishy-washy about his orders. He's very firm about. You know, this business, oh, God understands. Or you don't have to do all that. Or you don't have to do this. Or you don't have, or, <laughs> speaking for God. There are some things he's real firm about. Like there are some things that, that he's firm about for me in my life that maybe he's not as picky about in yours. And vice versa. You see? And so we, we all have to find out what our mandate is from God and obey that thing. Don't get lax in your obedience to God, letting things slip. You know, things that you used to think were important. Amen. You know, just keep, keep letting it, let a little more slip, let a little more slip, let a little more slip, let a little more slip. This ain't a slip and slide kingdom. Amen. You're on a firm footing with God. You're to, you, you're to seek that firm foundation in Him. Things that you stand on and you don't deviate from. So that when God is looking for you, He knows where to find you. He knows, he's, I know I can trust so and so, they'll be right there where I tell them to be. Amen. And they're consistent in it. That's what He's looking for. He's not looking for slip and slide people. Amen. And people who are always looking for him to understand their disobedience. Well, I'm real sorry, but, you know, it's just true. I I get so sick of this. You know, God will do anything for anybody, no matter how you live, no matter what you do. You you understand what I'm saying? It's just, that ain't the kingdom I know. Maybe that sounds real mean to y'all or don't sound like it's God to y'all, but that's not the kingdom I know. And that's not the one I see in the Bible. He tells them, don't eat anything leavened. In other words, put that piece of cake down. Huh? Put the pleasant bread away. Amen. Now everybody's eating flat bread and pita bread. We think it's the newest thing. That's all that is. is Some religious nut that moved into a bakery and started making that kind of bread. But he gives them instructions through his servant and tells them, amen, what to do. And after you put the blood on the doorpost, don't go out from under your protection. And that's really all he tells us all, all the time. Once the blood of Jesus is applied to your life, stay under the protection of that blood. Doctrines of men will try to move you out from under it. That's the main thing involved in in wrong preaching and false doctrine is to get you out from under the protection of the blood of Jesus. So then you can experience failure after failure after failure. You can't figure out why because you think you're being obedient. I'm telling you, people who disobeyed knew it. Huh? Because they were no more. Amen. I'm sure people walking out of their, their homes after the all clear was given, after Moses says time to move, morning came, they probably stepped over a lot of dead bodies and people thought, well, maybe God meant this or I had to go out cause of so and so. And Amy, I ain't heard from Amy all day. Where she at? She better be under the blood. 
Because you can't help her. Huh? You know, you can't help people when you're in disobedience. Just a thought. Huh? Just a thought. It's your obedience to God that pulls the anointing, to pulls the grace, the unmerited favor, the move pulls the mercy into your life. It's your obedience to God and honoring that blood. And so what God said was, I need to see it. He didn't go in anybody's house and ask them how they were, if they were saved, if they wasn't saved. He said, I don't even need to. And see, this is a test of obedience. Because if you obeyed, you have no problem with him seeing the blood. But if you skimming and skating and hemming and hawing, got a question there. Huh? Got a question there. Now, how does God see the blood? Well, when we apply it to our lives. Through asking forgiveness for our sins. That's number one. You get beyond that, now you got trouble. Well, you know, it wasn't so bad. Well, I, you know what? I, now, I heard a teaching somewhere where you don't have to do that all the time. And God says, I need to see it. So who are you going to believe? How does he see the blood? By declaring the majesty of Jesus Christ and making sure that you have peace with all men. He said, if you're going to give me a, a gift at the altar, he said, leave that gift and go reconcile to your brother that you're mad at. Don't come up here offering me nothing and you know you have animosity in you against Hmm. Mm, that's a tall order. Well, it was a tall order for Jesus to take our sins. There's nothing taller than what you have to do. <laughs> Ain't that tall? It's very short in comparison. Huh? Well, where do I start? You start with God. You know, because some people just go years and years and years with bad blood, bad feelings, nonsense between people. And never get it reconciled. How many of you have ever gone to a parent since you've been saved? And tell them, you know, mom, I see where I wasn't the best child. I I didn't appreciate you. And, and I'm sorry. I know I've said words to you that I shouldn't have. I've done things to embarrass you and and take things away from the, the family and all that kind of. I just want you to know I am sorry. And, and, and God has instructed me that I need to have peace in my heart about these things. And that's why I'm doing this. And I want to keep peace. I don't want this to be the last time I'm coming to you telling you I did something I shouldn't have done. You got me? Because we want one blanket confession to cover everything. So we can stay in our pride. Well, think about it. Huh? You got all kind of people running around here telling you you don't have to do this. Oh, his blood was shed one time. Yeah, but I keep sinning. And I keep not feeling as close to him when I do that. So what do you do? You confess. Huh? Huh? Well, we pray corporately. We ask God to forgive our sins before we go to the throne room of grace. 
Amen. The blood allows the grace of God to flow into your life. Huh? People want to just shortcut. Now you might say some words and you might do some things and you might feel like you've done something. But God says, I want to see the blood. Was it cost you to acknowledge what he did and thank him for it? And allow that that knowledge that you don't deserve all of that to come upon you. Amen. See, this is what gets the glory of God into meetings and services and into the hearts of people. Is that acknowledgement of the blood. If the death angel passed over those people, a whole nation of people, then acknowledging and showing God the blood of his son, that you honor it, you thank him for it, and you partake of it in the remission of your sins and remitting the sins of others. That's, that's how Henry Groover built that ministry, through remission of sins. He was in a situation where there was a gang member that had pulled a knife on him. And God had already told Henry, he said, now, when you're around evil, he said, I want you to forgive those people. And I want you to ask me to allow repentance to settle in on them for that minute or that second or that length of time that that I can honor your request to forgive them. And then I can lead them to Christ through his blood. And that that little prayer that he would pray, he prayed all over streets, all over the world. In getting God to remit sins where people have murdered. He's been on sites where people were murdered during the Civil War, where in Indian uh, Native American conflicts, etc., things like that, where he knows now God can move in. How do you win homosexuals? You go and you allow God to forgive them through the remission of sins. See, if we didn't do that, with the the people who were in that congregation who were homosexual who were being told it's okay if we weren't able to pray prayers that forgave their sins they god could never move and do what he was able to do you got me and so these things are necessary folks they are they are part of god's blood covenant you have to acknowledge it he has to see it you have to honor that the blood is what gets you where you need to go in life. Amen. So blood had to be shed to make an atonement. And God commands that the blood be shed for remission of sins. And once your sins, once you've partaken of that shed blood, it must be honored throughout your life. Amen. The Bible says if we sin willfully after coming to a knowledge of the truth, we have trampled the blood of Jesus underfoot and made it of none effect. You got me? You don't want to get in that sin willfully category. You want to stay humble to God. Amen? But always honor the blood. I'm telling you, you must honor it. If you honor it in your life, you will honor it in other people's lives. In other words, you won't be an accuser of the brethren and bringing up people's past sins and past life to them. 
Amen. You you must you must be that kind of person to honor that in that way. So God was able to see the blood and pass over a whole nation of people who obeyed. Individual obedience was called for and corporate blessing flowed. So every house that was that had the blood on the doorpost was able to be spared. He says in verse 23, and this is why I'm doing this, because he was going to pass through and smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your house and kill you. Amen. He says, and this is an ordinance forever. So this ordinance of allowing God to see the blood is there forever. Amen. Forever. You have to do these things. In Romans chapter 5, the Bible says we are justified by his blood. Justification goes beyond having your sins forgiven. Amen. Everybody's lived in that realm where somebody's done wrong to them. And you mouth the word, I forgive them, but you didn't want to see them anymore. Well, God doesn't do that with us. Because we're justified by his blood as well. Why we do that? We do that to protect ourselves from hurt. You know, if somebody you got some somebody did you wrong some kind of way, and and I forgive them, and you know, okay, you you made the confession, but you you need to expect God then to restore the relationship as though nothing bad ever happened. That's justification. So they are made just or righteous, or we are made just or righteous by His blood. See, if you went through life forgiven and you never had uh, an uh, an impartation of the the faith that you're justified, you go on sinning again. We got whole denominations of churches that work like that. You understand what I'm saying? They 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 will stress salvation, but not justification. They won't uh, acknowledge the work of the Holy Spirit. They won't even acknowledge the work of the cross to a large degree. Because the cross justifies you as well. You can go through life as though you never did anything wrong. And you talk about the devil hating you when you, when you figure that out. Woo! Because see, where his strength is in bringing up your past all the time. And making you insecure about what you're gonna do in the future because of your past. But once you stay at the cross long, stay under that blood long enough to find out you've been justified. And God treats you like, you know, and, and, and let me tell you how real it is. I remember my mother telling me, she said, um, she said, yeah, and she didn't even know what to call it. She said, we met the Lord. And she was saying how they did it in the country. She said, you, they, they would take time off. Everybody, whole families would go, the whole church would go. And you went to what we call a retreat, which for us Christians nowadays, a five star hotel with a lot of, we ain't retreat nothing. Huh? 
but they would go out and, and sleep on the on the bare ground and people would go individually going out into remote areas in the woods to seek God. And they would call for God, call on God. And if the experience was real, she said, ooh, that was such a good fish. She said, I felt so clean. And she said, I've been trying to feel that feeling again ever since. You see what I'm saying? See, there are people who have born again experiences with God, but the devil immediately comes and snatches knowledge, understanding, takes that all away from them so that they can't live in that place of justification. See, she was justified by her faith in what had happened to her when she cried out to God. But with nobody to teach her and tell her how you're justified, that means that you're not a dirty person anymore. And if you sin, you can come right back here at the foot of the cross and confess your sins and know you're justified. You can go through life and do things that you never thought you'd be able to do before and the devil won't be able to stop you because you're justified. And you got to have faith for that. You understand me? You've got to believe that justification belongs to you. So that when the devil or anybody else tries to bring your sins up after you've confessed them, they have no right to bring that up to you. Amen? And no right to accuse you. No right to, to sell you short and say you can't attain to this or you can't do that. You do all things through your justified life. Amen? And the justifier. So we're justified by his blood, and that spares us from punishment. What's punishment? Whatever would be the result of your disobedience if it weren't for the blood. So whatever the curse of the law says you're supposed to do, sickness, no, you, it can't stay on you. It won't stay on a justified person. So you have to know you're justified. Length of time, waiting on things, it, it, the devil brings that up to your mind to get you to step away from your justification. You know how I know that? Because with most of us, if it takes some time, you'll say, I wonder what's wrong. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's wrong. Nothing's wrong. You're justified. You've got to renew your mind to your justification. See, if you don't do that, you'll constantly be running around trying to justify yourself. Fighting that devil that accuses you. Huh? Well, I'm not, I don't do this and I don't do that. You're justified. You do it, but you're justified. <laughs> Isn't that something? Huh? We're guilty as all get out in some things, but we're justified. Once we make our confession and we get godly sorrow, only the Holy Spirit can give you that godly sorrow for your sin. Man came, man's accusation, the devil's condemnation won't do it. But, you know, God will do that. I used to, you know, when we first started out, I made a lot of mistakes, you know, and we all did. And I really have faith that God would cause us to all grow up together. And we would give each other mercy, you know, in the things that we needed. And and I'll never forget the time the Lord told me, he said, will you tell that person your sins are forgiven? Huh? Will you tell that individual your sins are forgiven? And I started doing that. And it started working for me. 
But before that, I would go home and I was, God, did you, did you, what, what do I do now? And I did this and, and, and they don't like me and, and all this kind of stuff. And he said, listen, once you confess your sins, you're justified, not forgiven your sins. Tell those people your sins are forgiven. Well, that's when all hell broke loose. You understand what I'm saying? Once you tell saints your sins are forgiven, now theirs can be, but yours can't. Huh? The devil will keep at it and keep at it and keep at it until he can get somebody to succumb to the evil report in their lives. But see, once once you understand, when she, once you fight that that battle for your justification, the rest of it really is relatively easy, to be honest with you. That's a hard battle sometimes for some believers because the devil wants to get everybody out of that justified place. Because in that place of justification is your faith for everything that you need personally, for your ministry. It, it makes it, it, it the, the Bible says that righteousness, there's no law against righteousness. So when you depend on God's blood to make you righteous, not what you do, and any good we do is a result of what the blood does for us anyway. You understand what I'm saying? So you gotta wash all of that out of the way and just depend on what the cross has provided. That's really faith in God, folks. Faith in that justification. Faith in what that blood has done for you. And you don't have to jump through hoops and you don't have to explain yourself to people and you don't have to go around feeling bad for what you did and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to do that, folks. You just don't. And you've got to understand that once you're justified, you need to stay, to fight as hard as you can to stay in that place of justification where you don't let the devil start beating you up because, you know, maybe you've had to wait for something or maybe it didn't come through for you like you, you, you thought it was supposed to or you believed God for something and it didn't happen. Oh, horrors. Well, Get in line because there's a big club for that. Anybody can miss it. Your standing in God does not depend on your answers to prayer. It depends on his blood. And if you get answers to prayers because you got faith in his blood. And not in your ability to be obedient because of the blood. Yeah, come on now. Let's quit playing games with ourselves and in our mind. Let's get an understanding of what that blood really does for you. It takes care of everything. Sometimes you need to plead the blood of Jesus over your waiting period. You understand what I'm saying? God, I just depend on your blood to get me through this. I depend on your blood to help me uh, with my confession, help me with my whatever it is that you you have between you and God that's necessary for you to shore up your faith and build it up to the place where it can annihilate the devil in your life. Some battles are not as hard fought as others. But I'm telling you, God is with you in that battle, and it is his blood that will help you. Ephesians 1 says, the blood redeems or spares us from the condemnation of our sins. There should be nobody in here remembering any wrong they've done. And I'm serious about that. That's what separates us 
from from crazy people out there in the world that we have no remembrance of it if if jesus lives in you he's not remembering that and god wants you not to remember what good does it do you to go over every wrong thing you've ever done no good whatsoever i can't find ephesians the devil stole it from me oh here it is (laughs) okay ephesians 1 7 in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace not how much you don't do wrong you don't get more forgiven because you didn't do so and so and such and such you're forgiven because you confess amen amen it's it's just true see it's easy for your carnal mind and legalism to pick up your walk in god and that's why we get over into that works thing and then when you find yourself over there, you need to slap yourself and bring yourself right back. Nope, I plead the blood here, Lord. I honor your blood. Your blood is what paid for me to have any inkling to want to obey you. Amen. In Ephesians 2.13, the blood spares us from orphanhood. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes afar off are made nigh. You get close to God. You know, I used to hear people uh, talk about, oh, so-and-so, they so close to God. They live close to God. You know, I wanted to be close to God, but I had issues. (laughs) I want to be. But then I realized that it wasn't my not having issues that made me close it was the blood that caused me to draw near so i had to learn how to apply the blood in situations where i felt distant from god if you feel distant the blood will make you draw near you gotta acknowledge it lord thank you that your blood was shed for me not to feel like this it was shed for me not to feel like an orphan not to feel abandoned not to feel that nobody understands me or loves me not to feel like a victim amen it, he, he, it was shed for you to, to be embraced in, into the family of God amen and, and to, to know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit as he dwells in each and every one of us there's something that each and every one of us contributes to this atmosphere. Each and every one of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we experience it as we acknowledge it and don't have to rely on, well, they didn't speak to me. That must mean that I did something. or, or <laughs> Grow up. Let us grow up in him. Let us release all of that. That that orphan thing, it'll try and crawl back on you. Amen. Colossians two twenty. The blood spares us from the wrath of God, and imparts His peace to us. Colossians two. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, you are subject to ordinances? Taste not, touch not, handle not, be this, be that, be that. Don't do this. Don't be, ah, you can't do that. You can't do that and be a Christian. You can't be, 
You know, we so quick to want to take people's salvation away from them if they don't behave like we think they ought to. So God then takes that wrath of disobedience out of the picture. He not mad at you when you mess up. He ought to be. But he's mad at the sin that grabbed you. But he's made provision for that not to be dominant in your life. God is angry. Well, you know, with people who are intentionally wicked, God does have wrath and anger for them. But they can be forgiven just like you were forgiven. He's waiting for us to bring the gospel to people so they can lay that burden down of living for the devil day in and day out. In Hebrews 9.12, we are spared from eternal damnation. And in, in the damnation that would come in eternity on this life. While you're living in this life, you can, can feel eternal damnation if you're not careful. You'll feel so distant from God. There are people that I know used to serve God and made one mistake and don't want to show. You understand what I'm saying? Just let the devil win. I mean, seriously. Why? Because they let the devil build things up to the point where everybody all of a sudden became their enemy. Did you see them? They don't want to be around the saints anymore. They run from you. Why? Because of one thing, you know, perhaps that that maybe was in their heart that was set in there wrong and caused them to err. And now they don't want to run into the family of God. So that they can be loved back into fellowship. Amen. So, so you can suffer the same effects of eternal damnation while you live, live on this earth and in this body. You can suffer such estrangement. But there is a way back. The Bible says God even causes a way back for his banished ones. Amen. The ones he's cast out. There's a way back for them. There's always a way back. There's always a way back. The blood provides an eternal way back. We're not supposed to live like we're orphans and estranged people. That that feeling should never even, that shouldn't come upon a saint of God. Because there's a way back. But you got to find it in God. Some, I can't tell you what it is because it's going to be what God prescribes for you. And he'll tell you what it is. Problem is, many times we listen to man too much anyway. It's time to start listening to God. Hebrews 9.14, he spares the living from guilt. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You don't feel guilty about nothing no more. You understand me? I triple double dog dare you. If you're under the blood to pull that stuff up and let the devil start making you feel bad. Amen. You're not supposed to live like that through the eternal spirit. The Holy Spirit. Jesus offered himself up for us. Each. Everything he did was with an eye toward eternity. Which means it lasts forever. The goodness of God lasts forever. His mercy lasts forever. The blood cleanses forever. It cleanses you over and over and over and over again. 
Don't ever get tired of going to God saying, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be. Don't ever get tired of that. Don't ever. Because there's a blessing at the end of it for you. Even with your own children, if you had the crybaby in the family, you know, always something wrong. Hey, he come again. Pretty soon you just bent down and picked him up and made, and pretty soon they reassured it's okay again. Amen. Even though they've done it for the umpteenth time. But God never tires of us coming to him, seeking a refuge, seeking cleansing, seeking righteousness, seeking being made whole in him again. Reason many times that we we suffer this estrangement is because we're running off trying to do too much stuff without him. No, you can live a Christian life trying to impress God with how holy you are outside of him. It's easy. Religion will make you, it'll mess your head up. Hebrews 9.24, and to Jesus the mediator. See, you got a living lawyer to negotiate for you. He's a mediator of a new covenant. Say you don't do everything right. Say you don't pray right. Say you don't do this right. You got a mediator. He says, Father, they don't know much. Let me talk for them. Even when you think you know a lot, you need a mediator. The Bible says the person who is his own attorney has a fool for a client. Amen. So you huh? shut it down. Lawyer up. Plead the blood. Let Jesus speak for you. Huh? God, I don't know what's wrong, but it's not working right down here. You need to admit that. Just confess. It ain't working right. Something ain't right down here. If I'm missing something, let me know. But just help me out. God, the blood of Jesus also spares us from uncleanliness. That feeling of you're not right. I felt that. I don't know about you, but I felt it. And I felt it, you know, many times after being saved. It's just, you know, those those feelings will come upon you. But the blood of Jesus spares you from that. Father, I don't know what it is, but I know your blood spares me from this feeling of not being adequate, not being. You know, sometimes if you, you know, looking for symptoms to disappear. And you tried everything. You tried this. You tried that. You tried that. Sometimes we just need to lay it down and just say, Lord, your blood. I'm depending upon your blood. Your blood's going to get me through this. Your blood is paid for everything that I need. Your your blood will make me whole again. Your blood, you know, and, and just relax in that. huh? Relax in that payment, that price payment. Relax in that it's taken care of. Relax and there's nothing else we can do to help it. Amen. But just be obedient to it. And when there's nothing before us to do, just thank him for the fact that it's done already. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding more than anything. We thank you for your precious blood. And, Father, we understand that you understand where we are. We're not perfect in the things that we do, and we never will be. We'll always have a need for forgiveness. We'll always have a need for justification. We'll always have a need for redemption and restoration. So we thank you, Lord, that that's okay with you.
We're not in a contest to be wonderful. But we're in your mercy and in the grace that you provide us to accomplish what needs to be done. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And